0: welcome to shedding light hunting stories podcast the podcast dedicated to the average joe and their hunting stories i'm your host travis williams you're listening to episode 18 remember i had a 410 slung over my shoulder and i was walking and Walking like a kid normally does with my legs just kind of rubbing together, pant legs making a lot of noise. My dad said, you need to kind of take your time and make sure you don't have your pant legs rubbing together there and put your foot down nice and easy. And We were walking out an old well road uh, out by our house. We were blessed to have 90 some acres that we could go out and hunt. And I was a kid. My dad was taking me squirrel hunting. And we were walking out this old well road going up and down the hills of Monroe County, Ohio, and uh, Dad was telling me, hey, make sure you're scanning the horizon, don't just be looking down at your toes, don't be kicking rocks, look around and see if you can see a squirrel out in front because you've got to be able to sneak in and, and get the shot. And we're walking and I don't remember how it all went down exactly. I just remember I looked up and there was a squirrel and he was running up this limb and he was about to jump from one limb to the other. I actually got to jump into another tree and I pulled up the floor 10 and pulled back the hammer and, and I shot this squirrel while he was in the air and, um, knocked him out of the tree and he came down and there it was my first squirrel. <laughs> and I just remember being so excited. My dad was pumped and gave me a high five and told me to go get it. And, and, and there it was my first squirrel, um, you know, I look back at that and I have to smile a little bit. I don't know that I've killed ten squirrels since then. I've just not been a big squirrel hunter, but I remember that moment. I remember my dad kinda of teaching me how to shoot the four ten and um I was always a little wimpy. It kinda of hurt my shoulder, so he got at me a pad that I could put on my shoulder to hunt with and so, I uh, just remember feeling uh, this awesome sense like, hey, I'm a hunter now. I've officially killed something. And I remember uh, gagging as I was trying to gut the squirrel, <laughs> not knowing what I was supposed to do. And, um, you know, just kind of fond memories looking back. My question for you as we start off today, uh, I'm going to jump into this podcast is uh, who taught you how to hunt? Um, was it your dad or your grandfather or uh, maybe a buddy? Um, maybe, uh, maybe you had to learn on your own. Uh, maybe the online forums or YouTube taught you how to hunt. Um, But some way we had to learn, uh, maybe through trial and error or through maybe watching somebody else. And uh, today we're going to jump into this podcast with a good friend of mine. This is a fun one. His name is Riley Gross. And Riley is a sophomore in uh, high school. And he goes to my church. And he's in my youth group. And just a great kid. uh, Just has a great heart. And he's a funny guy, good singer. And he loves to hunt. Um, He's really kind of taken it up in the last couple of years. And I've kind of got to be a part of that journey with him. I was able to go on some of his first deer hunts. on his first turkey hunt. And I thought it'd be cool to have him tell some of his stories from his perspective. Um, you know, I think it's neat whenever we look at a first time hunter, you wonder what they're thinking and what goes through their mind. And in this uh, interview, we get to hear exactly what Riley was thinking. We kind of laugh a good bit. Uh, this The scenario was I, I picked Riley up in Columbus. I was up there for an event, and Riley's brother was going to Columbus. So I said, Bring him up. And we got in the car and we were driving two hours over to a camp. And um, you know, there's a cabin over there that I found. It's some public ground, 9,000 acres of public ground and uh, decided that we were going to go out for a, a turkey hunt. Spring turkey in Ohio just came in. So anyhow, I won't tell you how it all ended, how that hunt went. Uh, we'll go ahead and hear the podcast first. Riley's going to tell about his first turkey, his first deer, and some squirrels. And it's a fun, fun interview as we're headed down the highway. And then at the end of this podcast, I'll tell you what happened on our, our hunt. So anyway, before we jump into that, I just want to say thanks again for sharing this. I say it every week just kind of as a way to remind you if you haven't uh, shared it or liked it or told your friends about it, that's how how a podcast grows it's how we get more people and more exciting stuff and um, i'm excited uh, for the end of this week i got an interview lined up with uh, god family and hunting i believe they're on facebook and they, it's a group it's a family that that does singing and they do hunting together and uh, it's very cool so that'll be next week's podcast but anyway Oh, just want to say thanks again for for sharing and all that good stuff. We're going to go ahead and jump in today. It's a shorter interview, and I'll keep a shorter outro and uh, keep this whole thing under half hour. So uh, you can listen to it on your way to work or whatever. So anyway, all that said, we're going to jump right in. Here's Riley Gross. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am here with my special guest. We are headed down I-70 East here, uh, headed to some public hunting ground for a turkey hunt in the morning, youth turkey hunt. Uh, it's my friend that I've hunted with for a while, his name is Riley Gross. Riley, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So, we, uh, I picked Riley up in Columbus, and we are headed out and uh, got a cabin that we're staying in tonight and then tomorrow uh, super early we're going to get into the woods we're going to go to a spot we've never been before and hopefully at the end of this podcast I'm going to tell you like an awesome success story but this is recorded beforehand so I don't know how it's going to go we might not see a bird uh, but you'll have to stay tuned to the end of this podcast to find out but anyway back to the guest uh, Ryan. let's talk a little bit here uh, tell, just tell folks a little bit about yourself uh, who you are where you're from and all that good stuff
1: Well, I'm Riley, as he said, and I'm a high school student. I'm a sophomore. I am relatively new to hunting. I haven't killed a whole lot of animals, but I have gone out many times with no success.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, much like most of us do, I I think. um, I can relate to that. I think it took me, uh, gosh, it must have taken me like seven years to kill a deer. I don't know. It took me a long time. So deer hunting is where you started now talk a little bit about you know your family has been in hunting so how did you kind of get into this
1: well my brothers were the first to get there uh go through the hunter safety course and I always knew I wanted to be a hunter and it wasn't until probably seventh grade that I went through the hunter safety course got my uh permit and went hunting that next year season
0: cool And I think I went out with you once, maybe during them, but do you remember your first hunts? uh, How did all that go down?
1: Most of them were pretty repetitive. I would go to the same stand at the same time in the morning. Uh, Grandpa and I would go our separate ways at a certain point to different stands, and we'd sit out there until lunchtime.
0: Now, now your dad doesn't really hunt anymore, right? No, not anymore. So your grandpa, uh, Riley's got a great great uh awesome grandpa good guy and uh, he lets me hunt over there some and um brian uh brian's taught me an awful lot about hunting so what are some things that that your grandpa would kind of teach you or tell you like as you got into uh got into the woods Uh,
1: well my first hunt i took the crossbow out and the first thing he told me was not to shoot my thumb off (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's pretty good advice yeah and i see you still have both thumbs i do still have both my thumbs that is good. That's good. So, no success on the first couple of hunts. Um, and I think the first time I went with you, uh, the two of us, like, got up in a ladder stand. Do uh, you remember that hunt? I do. Uh,
1: one particular moment, we, were, we had been sitting out there for probably an hour and a half, maybe two hours. It was still pretty early morning. And we had seen a few deer, but a spike had walked up behind us. And I had the crossbow, and I was get I was getting the deer sighted in. and I was gonna shoot it, and as I thought, I had the perfect shot. I took it, only to find out that I had hit this probably inch and a half thick tree instead of the sp- spike.
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Cause I remember it all happened like, kind of quick. I think we had a, did we have a doe come below us before that? I think we had two doe come below. Yeah, so we had a couple of does come in real fast, and we couldn't couldn't get a shot. I think they might have busted us. And then out of nowhere, this spike came from directly behind us, and he cruised, I believe, to our right side. And I was yeah. on the right side, you were on the left. And so he, he went out there, and he kind of had his – he was just wasn't facing the right way. And finally he kind of got out, I don't know, maybe 20 yards, and he kind of turned a little bit broadside. And I think I said – I think I, I have this on video, uh, so if you ever want to go back and watch it <laughs> – but I remember saying, hey, well, uh, just just aim to the right of that little tree. And I don't think you saw the tree. Yeah. It was like a little tiny sapling, and it kind of blended in with the deer. And you hit that little one-inch tree, like, dead in the center. So <laughs> so that was, uh, uh, you know. Uh, but I think a little bit more time went on, and I think you had some success. So how did, how did all that go down, right?
1: Uh, this was, I think it was my first time going out completely by myself. I went out in the evening, is is probably after school, and I was just about ready to pack it up, it had just, the sun had just started to go down, and I had given up hope for the day until I had taken up the, the corn and placed it in two different piles, and as soon as I had packed everything up and was ready to go, uh, two dough. Came up right in front of me and started eating out the corn, and so I had to try and be all sneaky and quiet. Yeah,
0: you were in, uh, you're in your grandpa's stand, right? Uh, it was the lower saddlebag. Okay, okay. So you got a little bit of cover cover in that spot. It's basically like a. Uh, that's right. It's a kind of like a big ladder stand. It's actually one of the taller ladder stands, and it kind of sits on this path that your your grandpa kind of mowed. So, but it's down down over the hill. I was thinking you were out in the open. Okay.
1: And so I successfully did get my stuff, my uh, crossbow out without the deer noticing. One of the deer had made its way back into the woods and I couldn't see it anymore, but one was still uh, eating the corn. And as it was walking away, I had probably two seconds of it had turned broadside. And I had done it exactly how I practiced it. I put the, the green light right above the chest or the heart, and shot. And were, were you nervous? I was very nervous. <laughs> and it didn't hit me until I actually saw the deer laying down, how nervous I actually was.
0: Okay, so you pulled the trigger, and this deer just dropped there, or did it roll over the hill? How did, What happened after you shot? Well, it was starting to get dark
1: by the time I had shot it, and I had made a clean shot. I knew it was a good shot, but that deer had traveled, way farther than it should have I had a perfect lung shot in everything but it probably went for half a mile oh wow
0: so I remember yeah I remember that now so did you did you try and track it yourself or did you wait till your grandpa got there I
1: tried to find the blood spots by myself and I wasn't having any luck so I called a, a grandpa to see if he could come help me and it took us probably about an hour and a half to find the deer by then it was almost completely dark oh, wow.
0: so you get your hands on your first dough. uh what's that feeling like uh i was very uh,
1: apprehensive about it okay. i wasn't quite sure what to do i had i had taken the course and everything and they showed us how to do it but there's just so many ways to Got a deer
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so first time gutting, it's a little weird. Yeah. Did, did Grandpa help, or was it kind of you? Had just had to kind of get your your hands dirty, so to speak.
1: He showed <laughs> me how to do it the first time. I'm still not exactly sure I uh, you remember know remember quite how.
0: But. I'll be honest, I'm the same way. I mean, I've I've got a lot of deer. and For me, I don't know the right way. I just kind of go up in there, and start pulling stuff out. So <laughs> don't yeah. don't feel bad about that. So yeah. so you have your first deer, and uh, I'm sure that's exciting kind of a cool moment too for you and your grandpa and is that was that your first year hunting that
1: you got one yes yeah, so that was probably my fourth or fifth hunt
0: okay so that's that's really not yeah. bad you know you spend four times in the woods and you come up successful so since then deer we we didn't get anything last year right Yeah. No. so we can go ahead and move over to turkeys um i was there on the first hunt i won't tell it uh, but i'll just kind of talk a little bit about um this was your first time out, right? Yes. Okay. So, Riley, walk us through that hunt. I remember it was kind of a crazy one. Yeah. So, we
1: woke up pretty early that morning. I think it was 5.30, and it had rained. We weren't expecting it to rain a whole lot, but it had rained that morning, and we had started our hunt. We had gotten into a spot where we thought there would be some turkeys, and
0: we bumped them off the uh, the roost. And yeah. They were laying. Yeah, we, they were clear up on top of this, what we call the saddleback, and I knew that they were down over the hill, but we just couldn't quite tell how far, and I think your grandpa thought they were a little bit further than what they actually were, and we, we took like 10 steps, and all of a sudden we heard that noise nobody yeah. wants to hear first thing in the morning, and where a bird has just exited the, yeah. the branch, so, uh, so what happened from there? Uh, from there
1: on, we did a whole lot of walking. We... <laughs> Went to a, a a lot of different spots all across our property, and we had sat down in a few for a while. Yeah. And we had heard some. We had been playing around with them for a while, but we just weren't getting any to come to us. Yeah. And so we had made almost a complete lap around our entire property until it was probably twelve o'clock, and uh, there was three of us in the beginning. Grandpa had to leave. And we were about to make our final stop and head out because it was getting later in the afternoon.
0: Yeah, and we were, like, seriously, like, 50 yards away from where we first started. Uh So we had made a giant loop on the property. And we
1: had decided to sit down for one final call to see if we could get anything to come to us. And as we were calling, just a whole a whole flock of turkeys came from up over the bank and we caught them in I didn't feel very confident about the shot until they were about ready to fly away and I took a shot at the last second and got a perfect shot on the head nice a uh,
0: jake yeah I got a jake It was kind of a – I remember that hunt was just kind of crazy because we had had a bird up in this field that was gobbling his head off, and we tried to get in close, and we messed it up. And then your grandpa actually had to leave. I think there was something wrong with – something went wrong back home, and so he had to leave. So it was just you and I. And uh, so we – let's see. I mean, we went down to the creek bottom. We went all over the place. I don't know if we had any other birds call back, but I knew – you were getting tired. I was getting tired. It's kind of like that point where you're like, man, I'm just sick of (laughs) – not hearing anything so i think i said let's go back up one more time back to where we started we got up there and i remember we called and there was a uh a tom actually went yeah. off yeah. and so and he sounded hot and ready to go and so we weren't really in a good spot we were kind of like just crested this out knoll yeah. kind of out in the open i think i might have sat out a decoy i don't remember a little jig yeah. decoy yeah. and so i was anticipating this tom to come like up over the ridge maybe you get a shot and then instead it was like four or five jakes just popped their head up and they came and i thought they were going to come and i remember it would all happen probably within five seconds yeah Yeah. you can actually you can watch if you guys want to watch this video just go to our youtube channel shedding light outdoors look up riley's uh first turkey hunt i think is what it's called and you can watch this but man they come in super fast and i was trying i was really open i think i said wait maybe on the video you hear me say wait but then all of a sudden i was like I realized they were all disappearing. Like, they came up, didn't see what they wanted to see, and they were gone. And there was only one left, and just as he was about to go over the hill, Riley makes this awesome shot on this bird. It was at least, I don't know, probably 30 yards or more on this uh, jake. So, get your first jake down. What's that feel like? Uh, I didn't know what I
1: was doing. I... I don't know what I thought was going to happen, but I didn't expect it to start squirming around and still be alive. So I ran up there, and you can see it in the video. I run up there, and I just don't know what to do, and I just look at it as it's going down the hill, and I'm just standing next to it.
0: Oh, so awesome. (laughs) He looks back and gives me the thumbs up, but this thing's (laughs) flapping like crazy. And i got to admit, my first bird was the same way. Like, they don't show you in uh you know the hunting videos you know when the primos boys knock them down they shoot them and the next thing you know they're like carrying them to the camera they don't show that in between like sometimes it takes a little footwork uh to finish one off and so uh yeah, I remember that it was funny. And then when you sat him down, the nerves still kick in, that bird. Yeah. We sat him down to do, like, an interview. Uh-huh. And you're, you're standing there in the frame. I remember this. I was getting the camera framed up so we could do, like, a post-interview kind of thing. And that bird all of a sudden just, like, flops out of screen. And you just stand, like, sitting there like, uh, what do I do? <laughs> so, so, you got uh, deer down, got a turkey down. And I know also you've... Uh, done some squirrel hunting you got into that yes. this past year tell us a little bit about that there
1: well i we had gone out deer hunting and i was so discouraged i hadn't seen hardly anything at all but if i've seen anything it was the stupid squirrels there are so many squirrels and so i decided i'm gonna get some And so the first time i went out i think i got two or three then i got addicted to it Kept going out every day until, you know, I couldn't find any more squirrels. How many did you get? I think I got six. Six? That's not bad. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That was within, like, a few days.
0: Yeah. I remember Riley was telling me he was getting discouraged and everything like that. But it was kind of toward, I don't know, it was like mid-November, so. I was like, you know, the rut's still going on. You know, you can still go out there. But he was having fun shooting squirrels, and there's nothing nothing wrong with that, so. That's awesome, man. Well, Riley, um, kind of to wrap it up a little bit here, I know that you're kind of new and everything, but if you had advice to give to like another person your age that was kind of trying to get into hunting, uh, you've been out of here a couple of years now, so what, what advice would you give? What things have you learned? Um, deer, turkey, squirrel, doesn't matter. What what did you learn that you would pass on?
1: Try to make your own habits. Try to figure out something that works for you because no matter how much advice you get from Uh, experienced hunters you're still only gonna be the best hunter you can be when you uh, make it up yourself
0: that's good that's good advice I give you a ton of advice and you're probably best to ignore most of it so you know and that that's true I mean I think I look back so often you you can learn from other people I mean I you know that but I think trying to figure out yourself sometimes that's the best way to learn it you know yeah somebody could tell me a million times but until it happens to me uh case in point this past year I think the biggest thing is guys have always said don't take too far of a shot because the deer will move you know and this summer I was practicing 60 yards shooting like crazy and um I decided I was going I had a doe standing broadside at 60 yards and I thought well I can make that shot and I had to learn the hard way. I shot, and I made a perfect shot if she would have stayed still. But in the time that I released, to the time the arrow got there, um, she took about, well, took a big step, and I ended up gut shooting this deer, and coyotes got to her the next morning before I could. And so I kind of had to learn that the hard way, you know. So sometimes, you know, and I, I've had so many people online say, don't take that shot, that can happen. But sometimes you just got to learn it your own way and learn your own pace, and I know not to do it again, so. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for uh, sharing your stories as we go down the road, passing the time. Uh, What are you hoping happens tomorrow? I'm hoping to get a tom, but I'll be grateful
1: to get a turkey at all.
0: There you go. So we'll we'll see. Uh, So you have to stay tuned. We'll uh, finish this up, and I'll tell the rest of the story tomorrow about what happened on our public land hunt. So thanks, Riley. Thank you. All right, there you go. Uh, Riley's a cool guy and uh, had some good stories. Had a lot of fun doing that podcast with him going down the road. And, um, you know, uh, he has some good stories. He has some good stories. He's had some good experiences. And uh, whenever we woke up Saturday, it was no different. So I'll tell you how things went. Uh, we were staying at this cabin that I found near public ground. Uh, the next day we actually had an event at 10 o'clock uh, at this campground. And uh, so we thought we 'd squeeze in an early morning turkey hunt, and early morning it was we got up at four forty five and got over to this spot that I'd kind of scouted on uh, on X maps and Google Maps, and uh, was able to kind of see it there was a, a couple of fields um, surrounded by woods like like I said nine thousand acres to hunt and so I just kind of picked out a spot that had a parking lot. Uh, we pulled in there was nobody in the parking lot, it was pitch black, and I forgot a flashlight. And uh, Riley was there to save the day. He had a uh, flashlight in his backpack. And uh, I figured there was a path somewhere, but I couldn't, I didn't look a whole lot, couldn't find it. I just knew that we had to go 600 yards through the woods. So I just started walking and kind of went down into this bottom and man, it was thick. And We walked, and we walked, and I mean, it was so hard to move. We just kept getting tangled up and stuff, and of course, I got camera gear with me because I'm filming the hunt, and uh, it was just frustrating. Finally, after about maybe 100, 200 yards of this, we veered to the right and ended up on a path. And I got the flashlight and I looked back I was like, man, this path appears to go back to the parking lot. And come to find out it did. I had missed the path by about, oh, maybe 20 yards. And the entire time that we were walking, we were 20 yards away from like a really nice path. And here we're going down through this, this thick stuff, killing ourselves. But, uh, and then we uh, walked out a ways and came up to a fork in the road. I took the wrong fork, which led us into more thick stuff. And so by the time we got to the fields, uh, the sun was starting to break. And all of a sudden I start hearing owl hoots and the turkeys are starting to go off. And so I told Riley, I mean, it's starting to get daybreak. I was like, we don't have a whole lot of ability to sneak anymore. We just need to set up in one of these fields and hope they come. And sat down and this barred owl started going off. And I had never heard an owl call that many times. He must have called over 15 to 20 times. And every time there'd probably be seven, maybe eight gobblers around us that would go off. So I thought, hey, this could be good. Well, the fly down came and I could hear them, but there was hens. And so I started to doubt whether or not they're going to come in and and just wasn't patient because we were kind of on a time crunch. And so I told Riley, let's get a little aggressive here. Let's see if we can go toward one of them that's gobbling and see if we can get in, get in close. And so we started down this path, actually headed back toward the parking lot and uh, had a Tom responding to my calls, and, and uh, going down this path, I realized if we make it one more bend, we should be able to see it a long ways. It looked like there was a little bit more of an opening, and uh, I said, Riley, what do you think? And he said, uh, he said, I think we ought to just set up. He goes, I think they're closed. Sounds like they're interested. And I was like, all right. I was like, well, let's just get around that bend real quick, and we'll set up the decoys, and we'll call from there. And we no sooner than walked around that bend, and there are two gobblers out in the middle of that path, about 60 yards away, and they bust us. And I backed away. I couldn't tell if they saw us, and I would call, and they would gobble, but they weren't coming any closer. I backed out, backed about 75 yards and, and left Riley there, and we tried everything we could, um, but could not get those toms to come in. We went end up trying another spot and didn't work out, and so I messed the hunt up. <laughs> And, you know, I I think if I would have just listened to Riley, like he said in the podcast, in the interview, sometimes, you know, you you need to just kind of do your own thing. So I imagine next time he goes out by himself, he'll probably be able to get it done uh, without me messing it up. But, you know, I learned a lesson there, and I'm still learning it as well. You know, it just kind of reminds me of uh, Paul in the Bible. Uh, Paul is this guy who was persecuting the church when it first came out. He was against Christians, and then he meets Jesus uh, along the road to Damascus, if you've ever read the story. And uh, all of a sudden his eyes are are opened um, to the fact that uh, there is a Jesus and he just wants to go and tell everybody. And uh, we get stories of him going places and he plans churches. Uh, he takes a guy named Timothy under his wing and, and shows him the ropes. And And one of the things that Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1 is he says, "...follow me as I follow Christ." And, and Paul would flat out tell you that he's, he's not perfect, that he makes mistakes, but he is trying to tell people, hey, I've learned a lot, and the, I've learned a lot of mistakes along the way, and if you follow me, he goes, I just want you to know that I'm trying my best to authentically follow Jesus. And so he says, follow my example. So that kind of brings me to the question that I want to ask you today. I, I started off by asking, uh, who taught you to hunt? Um, my question is, who taught you to follow Jesus? Um, maybe, did anybody teach you to follow Jesus? You know, growing up, that's something that my parents did. Um, I could see my mom in the morning; I'd wake up, and my mom, um, she would be reading her Bible uh, every morning. And uh, I didn't see my dad do that as much, um, but I saw my dad living in a way that I thought was authentic. And you know, that, that led me to believe that it wasn't just some big show. Church wasn't just a bunch of hypocrites. I saw my parents living it out. They they were imperfect, um, but I still, you know, I still see my mom following God that way. She has Alzheimer's now. She's hardly, uh, it's hard for her to even talk and get words out, but she still is reading her Bible. I know that because I see what she uses, the, the Bible app, and I'd highly recommend that. If you don't have, it's called the YouVersion Bible app. You can do plans on there and do plans with other people. Um, But going back to my question, do you have anybody in your life that's like speaking into your life and challenging you to grow in your faith at all? Um, Somebody who's authentic in theirs, in their relationship. You know, Paul will flat out admit that he's not perfect. And he will tell Timothy, hey, you know, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young. So there's some things we do have to learn on our own. Um, Some things we've got to learn. But if you think just going out and sitting in the the woods is your church, uh, that 's that 's not church um, it 's creation it that 's all it can do. It can point us to God, it can teach us some lessons, but it 's not designed to be the thing that 's really supposed to help you grow. God gave us a church for that He gave us people for that, and a church is is not a building. I was sad to see Notre Dame uh, burn yesterday. It was a sad thing to lose that building, but at the same time, you know the church is not a building it's it's not a it 's not a place it 's a people. And so I would just challenge you, maybe maybe it's time for you, if you haven't grown a whole lot and you just kind of think the same things that you've always thought, maybe you need to, to go to church and find some other guy or some other girl that could kind of coach you and help you in things that are spiritual. Um, you know if, if you're trying to uh, get better and, and lose weight and do things sometimes you hire a personal trainer um, if you're going hunting for the first time maybe you have somebody try and take you out and the same goes true with with spirituality maybe we need some coaches that can kind of guide us and help us and and, and teach us the things and uh, that we need to know so that would be my suggestion that'd be my encouragement today i uh, want to thank you again for listening to this podcast if you listen to me ramble the whole way through uh, i do appreciate that i'm, I'm a good rambler a uh, very good rambler. Uh, it's my my, it's my my gift i guess but i'm going to stop rambling and say thank you for listening uh, encourage you to share it check it out uh, i'd love for you to follow us on instagram uh, shedding light outdoors or youtube facebook we're all on there very active and got some cool hunts coming out so anyway that's it for today thank you for listening and remember to shed the light